life will always bring you on a roller coaster ride. I'm navigating through each and every day and loving what is and what the future may hold. My past has given me amazing memories and untold stories, and at times feeling of worry and hardship, which I now see as part of my life journey. Remember, show up, and if you fail, that's okay. Tomorrow will bring a new day and new ideas. I've had the privilege to spend time and interview some amazing leaders over the years. As they share their stories of life and business, I find out what makes them the people they are. I'm honoured to share their stories with you. Are you being authentic and unique in everything you do or are you living a life that others expect of you? It's time to step up and shine. Be the real you, stir that great awakening inside and trust the process. Want to know how you can do this? Go to joedalton.ie forward slash discover. On this week's show, we have Evelyn McAleer. Evelyn is a life coach, motivational speaker and author. An ordinary woman doing extraordinary things, teaching people how to live extraordinary lives by following her simple but powerful guidance. She's deeply spiritual and has a great sense of humour. Her mission is to help as many people as possible to have the life they thought was impossible. If you would like to be a sponsor of Breakthrough Brands, please contact Joe at jdc.ie. Evelyn, welcome to Breakthrough Brands. How are you? I am the very best, Joe. How are you? You've had some journey. We came across each other probably about a year ago when I seen the word spiritual coach uh, on Facebook and I gave you a call and we had a chat um, Mm -hmm. and we got to know each other over the year and your journey has been quite amazing. And before you even got into that life coach or spiritual coach, you've had a life which most people would kind of go, wow, ups and downs, excitements and sadness. Can you share that with us? Where, who was Evelyn when you were in your teens? Who were you? Well, I'm just sitting out here looking at the rain, smiling at this question, having to, uh, to go back into my childhood. Well, I guess... Well, you know, I'm from Tyrone here. We live in, I live up in the north. So I guess at that time, pretty much like everybody born in 1974, we came through what would be classed as like the troubles. But strangely enough, it became like part of the normal, normal day life. So uh, we had an upbringing, I guess, at that time where there wasn't an abundance of much, really. But there definitely was a lot of love and a lot of fun and a lot of laughter. And just went through primary school, secondary school. And I remember at the end of secondary school, funny enough, I hadn't got many exams and I had a choice at that stage whether to go to, which everybody's going to a sewing factory, but I had not hands on me to do so. And so I made the decision to go back again and repeat exams. Would you believe all of this, which will have relevance to the end of this story? One exam I could never get, no matter how many times I tried it, was my English language and strangely enough, a book come out of it all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I took myself off to university and done accountancy because it was the only thing I sort of had a half an interest in dancing. What I would love to have come home and said, I love to do choreography or something like that. But I believe my mother would have probably thought it was something to do with your feet and you would have had to go away to England or something like that. So I was a bit of a homebird 
So I studied for a few years up in Derry and done my accounts. And I guess after that, I just really, I just, I was started going out with a fella and I wanted to get married. I just wanted the home life and, and, and have my wee house and have my family. And uh, yeah, I got married at 23 and had my kids. I knew by, I had it in my head then, funny enough, that I would have all my kids before I was 30. So I had my last, I had a girl and two boys. I had my last, sorry, I had my last child then before I turned 30. I'm jealous. I had young parents. <laughs> I knew the joys of young parents, and you could. Yeah. Our house is a very open house, so people could come in and talk about anything. And I always wanted that for my own children. Yeah, no. too. I do, look, you know, my youngest is three, and oh, the kids are great fun. They are. They, mm-hmm. you, they, you find a child in yourself when you when you're hanging out with your own children. Mm-hmm. Um, was there many in your family? My, I'm the eldest of three. <clears throat> there's myself and then my sister. There's 13 months of difference. And then a couple of years then with my brother. And I know my mother had another child after that that was stillborn. But uh, the, yeah, there's three of us. Very close, very close in age. When you have to wear the same clothes, the matching outfits. <laughs> People yeah. think you're twins, Irish twins. Going back, Ireland, you know, in the 70s and early 80s, and especially around the north, Mm-hmm. was a troubled area. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of healing that needs to be done and is being done in 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 the north. Um, what was it like for yourself growing up? Because I think, and the reason why I'm asking this, Evelyn, is because of what happened in the 70s and 80s really made you the person you are today, the journey that you went on and the wonderful things that you're creating and will be creating in the future. Well, you know, when you're born into something, you don't know any different. Um, it, as I say, if you're out and you saw a red torch, it was a stopping session. You know, the car was searched, you were searched. There's a lot of scary times, you know, and a lot of people where we would have classed as men, looking back, only boys, only cubs, you know, lads, all killed and buried and yeah, a lot of um, mourning in, in communities and stuff like that. Um, and I suppose there was very few people sort of skipped past without it having some sort of effect. But I'll be honest with you, Joe, I'll tell you what, I always was of the belief that um, the house that I was brought up in wasn't really a political household. And uh, I always had this assumption, which I should never do is assume, that these boys, these fellas bring it upon themselves until it became apparent to me that it was not the case, you know, until when I grew up and I saw things like the bubble, had somebody burst this bubble that, uh, you know, that I wasn't privy to. But um, the realisation. Yeah, of different things. And I know, look, it's on either side, on both sides, what the hurt and pain that people have come up through in through their lives. Um, yeah, there has been a lot of. Um, not so great times and I've made many a visit down to see different ones that um, were inside and stuff like that but you know what I work with a lot of people now of a Protestant denomination I go to a lot of schools that are Protestant and for me I remember one time because the Union Jack would have been dirty or you know or threatening or was that invasion Fearful. of that yeah. those colours but it, 
I remember going to a, a primary school, and again, we were talking about kids sitting around with the wee children, and they're innocent, and they were out dancing, and it must have been the Jubilee or something around that time, and they had a wee party on, and they come over with juice and buns to me, on Union Jack plates and Union Jack cup. And you know, it's from that, it actually took a different, I seen it differently because they give that to me out of innocence and love. And it wasn't through what I had put on it, which was, you know, that that horribleness, that that hurt, that pain, you know. So when yeah. it came across from a child, that innocence, you know, that I seen it. And, and you grow then, it depends on people's mindsets. Do people want to change or not change? And when you say, like I work with fellas there that are members of the Orange Lodge and the crack and the things that we have in common, we have more in common than that. And we always said, like only we went to different primary schools growing up, we have the same things of interest. Yes, certainly he has his heritage and his culture, as do I have mine. And I am very proud of my Irish roots. And I always, I think that's why the GAA is very strong in this county as well, because it's something that we've, one of those things that nearly you had to fight for, it was a privilege and not to take those things for granted. And another thing is not to be um, a martyr to anything, but I always sometimes now, and I'm not saying all places, but when they play a national anthem anywhere at night, to give it its full respect. Because sometimes we people have taken it for granted. They've always had it and they've never had to fight for this. But I say with the GAA, it's been a massive thing. That would have been what I grew up with in our house. Um, always out to the football to the matches football. and that with my, my father and that there. Always brought it up. To and it's one time, I think, and especially when we won our first All-Ireland, um, you know, it, such an achievement, such an achievement. And nearly to say, to be recognised, I, I think sometimes people don't get that in the Republic. Some people don't. Not not at all. I'm not telling everybody wants like, to to be recognised as being Irish, you know. So to have an All Ireland title means okay. It's an All Ireland. Sure. I, I remember one time because I teach dancing, and I remember a lady came here, and she was going out with a gentleman from Belfast, and he came up, and he really he had was of this belief that the troubles only were in Belfast, you know. Which was like there was not one part of, that wasn't affected really anywhere in the north. But it's, it's those mindsets. But when you're ready to open up and listen to people and not to be right, that you have to be right and understand that you know you're a product sometimes of your environment. But then there comes a time is when you want to make the change. And I know a lot of people jump ship from this thing to that thing because they're nearly afraid to stand out for fear of, you know, oh, you're this or you're that. Because I've seen it myself here, you know, if, if someone chooses to stay, whatever their political agenda is, and if you don't follow the crowd, then you're singled out. And But I always follow your heart, whatever your belief is in this life, and you know you're coming from your heart and your truth, you follow that. That brings me to the next question. You were having a difficult period in your life and someone brought you to meet this woman. And she spoke to you about manifestations. Tell yeah. that story. I just, oh, it makes me laugh. And kind of goes, there's the journey beginning. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was it. I was in search at, at that time. My marriage had ended. And I was just in search for something. But it was always, I loved the spiritual aspect of things, you know, or wanting to hear beyond the grave where everything was going to be okay. But I went to see this lady and uh she talked a wee bit about this or that, but then she 
she had this <laughs> she had this picture of a car on the wall and then she said to me, I remember that time, I manifested that. I hadn't a clue. I says, You manifested it. What what does this manifest? What is this? And she says, Well, where you see something and you know you're gonna have it and you get into this that you already have it and you put it out there and the universe delivers it to you. All I could think of was some, I was going to say magician, magician, just waving a wand, go, hey, presto, there it is. So I said, so how does that work? And she says, well, you just, you put it out there and it comes to you. And, and then she said, she bought the car. You see, so I was like, but you bought the car. How did it come about? <clears throat> but she was saying that she needed, the, it was some unique car and stuff like that. And it weren't about in the roads here. And um, she wanted it at an affordable price. Uh, but I says, what's this universe? To me, it was part of the galaxy. This, you, you know that. Yeah, and she space. says, no, but the you, you, <laughs> universe is God. And I was like, what? I'm not, I, I don't want to curse. Like, but that was the thing that I said. What the fuck is this woman talking about? Because, you know, whenever you're, you're upbringing mass and church and God and you just yeah. you give thanks, do not ask for anything. Don't dare ask for anything. I'm not joking. I swear I was like, is this woman crazy? She asked God for a car and with all the starvation and the, the trucker boxes and everything, she house selfish puts it. And I said, that'll do me on that stuff there. Yeah, I remember you telling me, says you felt like blessing yourself and going out and saying a decade of rosary for this woman. Going, God forgive this woman, I'll say a decade of the rosary for her. Dear God, she's a blasphemy, <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> and there's where your journey began and you know, it's it's fascinating because we all talk about the universe and we all talk about creation and everyone everyone wants, 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 wants things. But they, they forget that you can't just want something. That you have to have, there's, there's, a, there's elements behind it that you need to have. You need to be humble. You need to have gratitude. You know, there's, there's so much that underlines the creation of everything and anything that we want in our careers or in our families or our lives. There's an essence behind it. And over the years, would it be say that you've you've looked, felt and discovered what these are? And that's why you created the book. Yes, Joe. And as I say, it didn't just happen overnight. It took for years of of learning stuff yeah, and, and, yeah. and going through it myself, you know. Definitely, when you said that word want, and I know that that's in the title of my book, and that's one word that I sort of had a question mark beside, but I know, what, as you know about the word want, and I know about the word want, but um, I know that word when people would see that, that that is what they feed at this time. And until probably when they read the book, then the word want will change to something else. What do you feel is the greatest creation that people want in their lives? Is it happiness? Is it money? Is it ego-driven? I believe that is peace. That is inner peace. I believe that that's all anybody in this life really wants is peace within themselves. And when you have that peace, you can have anything you can have whatever amount of money you want you can have it because when you're at peace with yourself life is so different 
But people don't realise or understand that that's what they're looking for because they haven't really done a deep dive into what they want. I think they look outwards instead of inwards. They look at the material goods more so than anything else. Yeah, well, look, I've had to experience this myself too, coming from having a big house and money and this and that to practically, you know, with the, with the time with the house, the boom and that, losing the house and things like that. And to go back to, to basics, Joe, and you know what? I have to tell you, when I had less, I had more. And I find that a lot of people, I know I've even talked to a man there recently, had 26, 20-something houses, and he lost it all and was and lost a lot of friends through it as well where they took their own lives because they couldn't really handle that. But they said they had to come to a place with peace in themselves. And I think sometimes <clears throat> when we have, yes, when we put all of that on the on the material things and we start losing and losing sometimes the body has to nearly hit rock bottom. We have to financially hit rock bottom to, to realise, to appreciate, to have that gratitude and to know and to come from that place of peace within us and know that I can manage and deal with this. And then you create everything else from that. You can't experience love without having fear. You need to experience rock bottom so you can experience what it is like at the other side. Because if you haven't, you can't, you can't put anything on it. Mm-hmm. Did you, in your life, as, as you were on your search, have that dark night of the soul? Oh, I did, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it gets scary, you know. That part, too, does get very frightening for people, you know. Food on the table, worrying about, oh, my God, where's the next bill going to be paid? I think it even gets darker than that too, Joe, to be honest with you. For some I think people, it can yeah. get a lot darker yeah. for people than just, you know, the food and stuff like that there, <clears throat> which it has done. And it's inside the head. It's all inside the head. Yeah, it's there. And you know what? And it's that feeling, what we feel that we have nobody. We feel we have nothing. We feel that fear and 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 that's where that fine line is, I believe, for a lot of people, that there's no other, in that time frame, there is no other option. And I do believe that's why a lot of people take their own lives and because it just gets to that place where we are so disconnected from what we are and to get that low, to be afraid of what will happen next if there is no change made. And so many people, even when I wrote that book, of just wanting out, just wanting out. Yeah, and I've learned, like we've all had our dark nights of the soul and I've had my own. Mm-hmm. And I know now that it was all, that's what I said, it was all just in my head. It was all just looking outwards and was scary. When someone mm-hmm. looks inwards, mm-hmm. it can help. Because mm-hmm. by looking inwards... It's not about that big, a big an issue. Well, it's not when you come through it and when you find people and when you know how to do it. But I guess for people that are in that place and all they know is either they're worried about other people, they're worried so much about finances, they're worried about losing their health, they're worried about they've got a bad result from their doctor and they don't know any, they, they've never been told of anything else. That We've just grew up in this, man-made 
talk and that has fed in that we have fed into and we have and we believe that there is nothing else and we believe when we die we go to heaven or we believe when we die we go to hell low levels of consciousness you know we've discussed this uh, a great depth before um, and and it is the low levels it's you know people living in their lives of fear doubt empathy empathy, empathy. it's it's you know, and when you step above that line and see that life is what it is, it's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I could never, and I, I personally could never, and I know my friends that are of the same thinking, could you ever go back? But that was right in its time. Them things had to happen. I know all of those things would happen in my life. And, but there's not a chance will my life go back to that because it only has to keep going forward and forward and forward. And it's the same, anybody that, if anybody's listening to this here now, and that you're feeling that, there's a reason, number one, why you're listening to this. And I would say to you, that's it. How, how much lower do you need to go in order to make the change? The big why. Well, Joe, it was, <clears throat> life coach was something that kept popping up. And I say, when I look back now, you think that when we nudges come in, our thoughts come in, uh, and, and I know it was probably inspiration or I was in spirit or something popped in. But I looked into what this life coaching was because I didn't know much about it. But I went online, couldn't find anybody or anything. And there was a particular lady that I just sent a message to. Her name is Caroline Curtis, a Cork woman. She lives out in Lanzarote now. And I remember as clear as day, a message coming back from Caroline the next day, I just received your message, here's my phone number, you can give me a call. Well, I went into complete panic mode there. Ah, absolutely floored it. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So with a wee bit of self-talk, I just thought I'll go back in and lift the phone to this woman. I remember the first words. She asked me, why do you want to be a coach? So I just knew by those words, this is the woman for me, because it wasn't about money, it wasn't about anything. And uh, we had a great discussion on the phone. And um, yeah, Caroline, I trained with Caroline and I went out to Lanzarote. It was one-to-one. I had personal coaching with uh, Caroline and she just gave me everything and introduced me then into that to part of the coaching was with Louise Hay. And I absolutely loved that whole aspect because for me then that was all about the heart. It was about this divine love. It was about the what the I am's because Louise Hay is the queen of affirmations. So that was my first introduction into something like that, which I absolutely loved. I, don't, I just wanted to help people. That was it. I, uh, that, that was just the answer to that question. And um, yeah, and we had just more discussion. She told me what it was, what it entailed. And then she gave me the price. And of course, I went into panic mode again, thinking, God, how did I get this? But like everything, if you want to do it, you'll find a way. And I did. I act. That's what I always tend to do. I act straight away. I said, that's it. I'm doing that. Because if you stop and think too long, the ego will chip in and go, ah, come on now, it's not for you. You don't do things like that. And that's it. It's the five second rule. You know, do something, think about it. And if you leave it too long, the ego goes, ah, no, no, that's not for you. (laughs) No, no, come on back here to me. And you go. And they'll normally throw the money thing in it. You're like, how are you going to afford that? Yeah, God, are you mad? There's one thing I just want to touch on there. You said about manifestations. And here's the thing about manifestations, right? A a lot of people believe that a manifestation is just you write it down and you say it. 
And it doesn't work that way because you have to have, for the greatest creation, you need to have your heart and your mind as one and it has to be in an emotional attachment for something to happen. Mm-hmm. So for goal settings, whatever it may be, it's not just the words that you put on a piece of yeah. paper. There has to be more behind it. A belief. And the feeling, really. I always say, and I think it was the last articles of St. Thomas, I think it was, to say that when the two become one in the same house, so that's the heart and the head, when you put the thought and the feeling into it. But that's one of the main things, I guess, what I have learned through all of this. And you'll only learn things when you're ready for it. If you were through everything at the once, it's too much. So you learn bits and pieces as you go along. And what I have learned in all of these journeys is the power that we hold within us. The absolute power. And we have it all. That's the thing. We have this power. So it's not if somebody sits down and says, I'll give this manifestation a go. And certainly that's how it starts out. For me, it was too. When I read it, it says, right, right, well, let's give this a shot. And started off with the parking spaces, you know, you know, visualizing parking spaces. and So you start off we are small, what we believe small, because we believe we're just deserving of that wee bit, but like everything's energy. So there's no difference between the parking space and the big house. It just takes, it comes to us in the time when we're ready for it. So why do so many people manifest a parking space, but they can't manifest anything bigger? A lot of people believe, well, this is when I talk to people, they have their parking angels. So I don't know what is in people's mind. They probably think there is a wee angel standing there holding that gap for them till they get to it. <laughs> but it's them that's actually creating it because they have that belief. I have this parking angel. You know, so they believe that already. And my parking angels are brilliant. They always get me a space. So they're in that feeling before they set out. And always the space is there. But you see, because they believe it's... They get in because once they keep getting it the once and the second time and the third time, but they believe this is always going to happen because they have the best parking angels ever. But I think sometimes people believe that their parking angels are made redundant at the parking space, that they just leave them there. They're clamped and you can't use them for anything else. But it's all from the person themselves. But they it. are the parking angels. They yeah, are they the ones are. that's it's, getting it, it. It is. It's not the angel. It's you yeah. doing it. That's the biggest secret, isn't it? It's you're given something which is so powerful and that is the mind which is be able to create anything you want. It's just the lack of and the belief in yourself yes. that's stopping you. Well, that's it. It's because, look, it's at the end of the day, if you were brought up in, uh, in poverty, if you were brought up in where education was the big thing. You see, because we've put this huge emphasis on the better qualified you are, the bigger your job, the more your money, the bigger your house. So for someone to come from just barely getting by to believe that I can actually achieve this here, you know, who am I? I never went to school. I never got these certificates. I don't have the big fancy suit and tie. Whereas it doesn't matter any of those outside things, what you have achieved, you have it all here. You can still have that. It's just getting that belief. But it is the worthiness and the deservingness and what we just believe. 
Really? So you had all these thoughts banging around in your head. You sort of figured it out. You knew that, you know, there was a process involved and you decided to put it down on paper to help other people. I did. When you were writing it. Yes. Did you kind of go, were you having ha-ha moments yourself because you were putting a clear, you were putting clarity on the process? With, when I was writing the stories of the people that I have coached, that was straightforward because I knew exactly what had happened in that for them and, and the steps that they took. But that was very clear. The chapters then where I wrote, say, on inner healing, on abundance, all of those are there. A lot of it was personal feelings and experiences that I have went through myself. And to be honest with you, Joe, when I read back a part of that book, I think, did I write that? Because you're in that wee zone. You're in that place. The flow. And I, yeah, and I just had the pay. I, I didn't type nothing. I just had pen and paper and just wrote. But I wrote it from my heart. I wrote it from what I could feel it. I could feel every word as I was writing it. I could feel it all. And I think that's why some people say that they get a feeling from, because the energy that has been put no matter if it's printed and printed and printed, it was the energy that was put into the book. Yeah, you and can have, feel that you know, when you read yeah. it, you can, it it's, you can sort of read it that there's an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, that was, and it just is that, you know, when you're in that, I guess, inspired when you're in spirit doing anything, whatever it is you're doing. And um, you just write it, from your heart. Yeah, keep it, it simple for people to understand as well. Like what I love about the book is that it's it's given people the tools. First, you're showing people, you're telling stories of how other people that you've coached, how their lives have changed. And then what you're also doing is that you're really showing people in, and you read it in an energy way that you kind of go, aha, so it's layman terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's no point in getting too deep. Look, you could have went deep into this and that but like I had somebody in here the other night that had read the book and says Evelyn I had no education I don't know what conscious and subconscious is and I says you don't need education for that I says I didn't know what it was either so I explained to them what it was and I says I actually a lot of people still have gone through life and not knowing what subconscious is what we have in there so that was the easiest way to keep it just for no, I believe no matter what path or what where we're at with this whole positivity or what vibration we're in, there's still some wee thing in there. It's good to remember and for me to remember because I still lift the book and read chapters in it myself. And I spoke to Patty that's in the book and I says, Patty, how did it feel reading your own story? This is one of the um, people in the book, yeah? one of the people that wrote the story about and okay. he says I was reading that he says I actually forgot I was reading about myself and he says I was going what a jammy bee what a j- oh my god he's so jammy and then he says Jesus that's me yeah and the book is it's it's out there yes. already people can can purchase it already I've seen on on social media people going wow 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 and which makes it quite amazing and it's real you know it's it's humbling if that's a, if, if the correct word yeah that you a person that has you know a story to tell 
living in, you know, you're a normal mother, you know, living, working and being able to share your knowledge and experience with the girl next door, with the guy next door, that they might be able to go, okay, it's possible for me to. Would I be correct in saying that? Well, that's it, Joe. You know, um, it's, as I say, the book, it was from me, but it's gone off me now. It's away from me. And I think it's like a child, you know, and I just want to give it a wee send off and go and do what it was, what my purpose and my intentions was for the book to help people. And it is now, would you credit this now? Because I think before the book actually came to where I could physically hold it, in my mind, it was gone out anyway. You know, it yeah. was sent out. And it just seemed, and this is not without ego involved, it seemed like an effortless thing to write a book. And it happened then that the people come about to help it get published in a way that was affordable to me, in a way that come out. And and, and I think it's more for people outside. Uh, even the day that the book, I got my copy, my friend came to the house and said, what are you doing today? And I says, well, I'm going to just get the washing done here. And she says, you are not indeed. You've just published a book. I'm taking you out for your dinner. You have to celebrate. And I was just going to get on, you know, and just do the housework and stuff. So I don't know whether I really sat down and realised um, what an impact probably it was going to have or anything. And I don't That's made yeah, sound no, strange. No, but for everybody else, you know, it's like, how did you write a book? And I just, and it wasn't being cheeky. And I just said, you know, I just wrote it. And as you know, like uh, I had yourself there that kept me on what way you on with it what way you on with it because if you don't have somebody there it keeps you accountable it wouldn't have been done and you're doing <laughs> retreats as well yes so people read the book wow then they want to go and, and you know and then follow through on it it's doing the course and then you have the retreats as well and you've done the and you've the coaching uh, tell us all about it tell us well the website was set up last year I keep forgetting it could have been this year last year and an online course so my intention really was with setting up that online course it runs for six weeks was just to reach people worldwide people that I wasn't able to coach one-to-one with or in a group environment that couldn't physically be with me so I set that up that it runs for six weeks and it takes people through the manifestation process on from Number one, you're deserving, you're clarity, you're visualizing, all of those steps. And I included into that too um, a meditation that I recorded because I like to people to get into that feeling. The feeling is so important of visualizing and feel, even if you can't see it, that you can feel that you have what it is that you want. So I have put that in and built that into the course as well. And people can come on at whatever, when they want, the, the, it comes through to them every week. And I've always liked to have a personal interaction with people because I don't want them getting lost or not being able to understand something. So I'm only, I said, when they type in a question, I'll get back to them as soon as possible, which is normally right and quick. So we set up that online program and I've had a good few going through that. And um, yeah, then I last, in March, just March this year, I took a group of six out to... Tenerife, I to Los Gigantes. It was an area that I absolutely love and I've travelled back and forth there myself on numerous occasions. And I took this notion one of the times I was over there, I could organise a retreat because I had done a weekend one here 
not too far from home. Yeah. But I thought, if I can do it in Ireland, I can do it over here. Yeah. And what did I need to do to be able to do that? So this was the thing, or would people want to come on it? So one of the things I needed to do to get to know the area was to drive. So I learned myself how to drive over there. And every time I go, <clears throat> now I'll pick up my car and I can drive around the island and know areas because I needed to know this for people coming over. So, yeah, we took a, a group over there in uh, in March time. I paid. I ha- had paid down for the accommodation before I even knew anybody would go on this. And I set up a package for people where they could come over <clears throat> and um, have a week. And we done beautiful. And it wasn't a retreat like people would have that you're meditating all the time and I don't like too much of anything it was all about the experience about people experiencing different things so we had Spanish lessons we had yoga we done walks we done a bit of meditation we had plenty of dancing because it was a festival on there that weekend we had loads of fun loads of laughs but um, you're, you're you're talking about what you're doing but these are going to continue so tell me what what happens at one of the retreats well, for anyone that comes out really on the retreats, I normally organize anything that has wonderful experiences. The one that is going to come up, I believe, in September time, um, we're going to do yoga. We're going to do um, stargazing up on Mount Tidi. And we're going to do some meditation. And then people get time for themselves and lovely walks around the area. So I always feel that from these retreats as well is what every person brings what the interaction and the lovely group chats that uh, is brought from people to others. It's a time to why, one of the reasons why I set these retreats up because I've known what it's like myself not to be able to go away with people that you know, because maybe you're with, if you are single or on your own with couples and they can't, they can't come. But I've set this up really for people that are, wanting to make change in their life, that are wanting new experiences, that are wanting to come out and travel, want to enjoy the sun, want to meet new people. And that's why I kept them small as well. There's normally about six people come out on these in a beautiful house, wonderful location, and um, just, yeah, for a wonderful week. So, Evelyn, what are the steps that you outline in the book that people should know to get this gig running? Okay. Well, it's um, clarity, what it is that you want, Joe. Visualizing that. Okay. Believing that you are deserving and worthy of receiving that. And feeling it and having gratitude for everything that you have at this time. Detaching from that outcome, detaching that you're placing your happiness on that particular, that, that's going to come about. And taking inspired action. And inspired action is different than the action. But inspired action, what you're nudged to do. Uh, and, and that's how we create and that's how we manifest and that's how we bring things into our life because it's happening now anyway so you might as well create what it is that you want rather than bring about what it is you don't want as I say we we create we do not discover mm-hmm. it's a great book anyone that you know I've seen or known who have read it are just going wow so I commend you on that thank you where can people connect with you what's the website what's you know if they want to do the course if they want to get the book if they want to get coached by you tell us well if people want to contact me joe or or the course or my contact details you get them on my website and that's evelyn mcalear.com okay okay and And go on for if anybody's looking a copy of the book 
you'll get that through Amazon. It's on. It's with paper paperback or Kindle. And if you just type in Evelyn McAleer, A Life You Want, it'll pop up on Amazon. And, and that's it. And it's called A Life You Want. A Life You Want. And just a few wee events coming up on about round the place. So um, I want to get out and get meeting people and okay. talking about the book. Quick one as well I want to ask you. You have a Facebook group as well. I do. Okay. And what's the Facebook group if people want to connect with you on that as well? It's called I Am Success. I Am Success. Excellent. And you have a YouTube channel? And I also have then the YouTube channel as well. And you post up regularly on the YouTube channel videos. And you do live yes. stream on Facebook as well, isn't it? So you're, yeah. you're very much yeah. interactive with your audience there. Yeah, a lot of videos. I do like, I, I like to keep the thing. I love to contact people. I love knowing what people's stories are and seeing how I can help them. Brilliant. Evelyn, thanks for coming on. Thank I, you, Joe, for having me. I Three questions that I ask everyone. Um, one is, what's the best business advice you've ever received? The best business advice, look, I always say to anybody is, do what makes your heart sing. That is one of the things that to do, and it's never about us, it's what we can bring to others. Yeah. And that's as much as advice that I always stick to. Best book you would recommend? Well, I'm reading Jeffrey Olson's book at the moment, The Knowing. It's just called Knowing. And uh, it's a lovely book. And I just love Jeffrey Olson's story at the moment. What song would you like us to play out with? Well, I would love to finish the show with a wee song from Jordan Smith. It's called Stand in the Light. Evelyn McAleer, thank you for coming on to Breakthrough Brands. Joe Dalton, it's been a pleasure. Stand in the light and be seen as we are.